Hello, everyone. My name is James, and I want to welcome you to the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. This episode is going to be broken up into two parts where we talk about what ACM is, and we also introduce ourselves. So I hope you enjoy. First of all, uh, this is uh, really the, the beginnings of uh, the podcast uh, for Affinity Christian Ministries. Um, so yes, we are here in my basement and uh, we've got our starting equipment, if you will. So be patient with us as we grow. Things will change and get better. Uh, locations are going to change and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, first thing I'm going to do uh, is, you know, my name is Jonathan Clark Wise, um, the preacher. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Affinity and then uh, Mason will introduce himself. And, uh, and um, Affinity Christian Ministries, and actually I'm going to read a little bit right from our app. And actually, if you go to the Google Play Store um, or the Apple iStore, our app is there. And if you type in Affinity, that's A-F-F-I-N-I-T-Y, and then you space, and then a uh, Christ, C-H-R-I-S-T, that's generally enough to pull it right to the top. You'll see Affinity Christian Ministries. It's a black background, and there's a symbol there. That's our logo, okay? And I'll explain that to you real quick as well. So um, our uh, symbol here, and this is read directly out of the app for you, so it's consistent. Our symbol is an acronym made up of our letters ACM. Uh, the A is the overall shape, right? You can see that. The C has the cross in the middle. The C represents the tomb. Um, the open part of the C is where, you know, represents the resurrection of Christ. So you have the cross is, is sacrifice and his death and then the resurrection. And then the M is the bottom portion. You can see that very plainly. So it's ACM. It's as simple as that. It is not a Freemason symbol or anything else. It has nothing to do with them. We are a non-denominational, Bible-believing, God-fearing uh, ministry. And so at the end of the day, you know, I tell people, don't trust me. All I'm doing is showing you scripture. You trust the Bible, right? What happens if I fall and I hit my head and I'm talking a little funny, right? Don't be, you won't be misled if you know your Bible. Actually, we have some messages coming out that have a lot to do with that. So in an overview here, reading again from our app for consistency here, Affinity Christian Ministries is a non-denominational Bible-believing Christian e-ministry comprised of people from all over the world, spiritually and socially connected through our digital platform. So with our app, you'll be able to start your morning with a Bible verse for the day, pops up in your notifications. You can watch the ACM messages, which is our teaching messages. Those are the things that are going to get you well-rooted in your scripture and show you things about your Bible you have never read before. Um, so you get your Bible verse for the day. You watch your ACM messages uh, that make you Bible smart. You have access to a digital Bible within the phone as well. Um, you can take notes in there. You can share directly your notes uh, and things with your friends right from the share button inside. Um, so you can share with your family and friends. You have links to Christian music, links to Christian news. Um, you can submit prayer requests, whether you want to do it via email or through text. Um, uh, you can also give uh, right in the front of the app. There's an opportunity to give. Everyone's got to touch on that at some point. Mm -hmm. um, that's what allows us to keep moving forward. Um, ultimately, we have our, our day jobs, um, uh, each one of us. And uh, you know, we do ministry in the evenings and on the weekends, um, eventually here soon, you know, we're looking to minister full time. And so, uh, you know, donations and things like that and tithing helps us reach that goal to be able to pull away from everyone else and give you that good word every day. Um, but, uh, let's see here. So, uh, 
the we will put up coming events into the uh, app as well. So if we're maybe in the local area for you, you can check us out. Um, you'll hear powerful testimonies, and the app is a is a platform for others. So if you have a powerful testimony of you know where you were at in your life, maybe a you know off off in the depths, right, in, in the bondage that Satan has. And you've been freed, and the Lord freed uh, you from that, and you want to give that testimony. By all means, uh, be glad to listen to your testimony, give you an opportunity. You can record a video uh, and send it to me. And at that point, I'll review it. And as long as you're being biblically correct, um, I'm all about testimony. That's what draws people in. Um, so you can also find business, uh, Christian businesses in there as well. Um, you can be inspired and all that good stuff as well. So it's designed now. This is not technically, okay, it's not supposed to be a replacement for church. It's really a supplement to church. However, there's enough people that don't go to church today. It may, in fact, be their only church. Um, so it's designed to be a supplement to your local church, help you fulfill your duty of sharing your faith and showing others the road to salvation. Maybe you're not well-rooted in Scripture and you're nervous about sharing your faith because you haven't studied. Well, the app does that, right? We, we've done a lot of study, and I still encourage people, you've got to read your Bible. But that's what the learning lessons do is literally point you to the scripture. And once you can see it, you cannot not see it, right? It'll always be there for you and you will have read it with your own eyes. It's not a feeling, right? It's not just a thought. It is literally in the Bible. Um, and, and to be honest with you, so sharing, you know, one of the creations for this app was to take that barrier out of people having fear of sharing their faith. Because the bottom line is if you can't share an app, well, now you're really screwed, right? You know, you must be that embarrassed about your faith. And the Bible says, if you're embarrassed of me, I'll be embarrassed of you before the Father. So um, it's never been uh, really this easy before. You just share the app and Infinity brings God's message in the palm of your hand on demand, no matter what work schedule you have. And that's awesome. Um, so when you share Affinity, uh, the app, you can confidently tell your friends and family you're a member of a Christian ministry. Um, and, and remember this. People make up the ministry. People make up the church. It's not a building. Wherever you are at and wherever you you know gather together to read and study God, that is the church, period. Uh, Christians are a part of something greater than brick and mortar, and this is what affinity is about. You're witnessing a paradigm shift in how people are ministered to. Um, so be a part of that movement. Join Affinity Christian Ministries today. Download the app. Get your daily Bible verses and get fed. Um so when you download the app, you know, you'll notice when you go to the About Us tab, um, that's where you can find all these details so people can, you know, verify things. Yes, we focus on the hard stuff. Uh, if you're looking for a health, wealth, and prosperity, Jesus loves you. Just put your money in here and life is going to be wonderful and you won't suffer anything. No, uh, I'm not teaching the, uh, the every Sunday message that you can hear in one of a million churches across America every single Sunday being repeated to you. I'm here to teach you about what the realities of your Bible, what the prophecies are, and what is happening today, and that Bible is going to come alive to you like it's never has before. Um, we also, you know, uh, give you information in there. You know, it says entry to God's kingdom under the about us. That's teaching you, what do I need to do to be saved? You know, I mean, I'm a believer, but I want to make sure you've got instructions in there to get you started. It's only a prayer. The Bible says you have to believe. That prayer is part of the verbal confession. That'll lead you there. So if you're ever confused about, well, what should I be confessing to to accept Jesus? Okay, that'll tell you uh, under our, our team tab. You can learn more about us. And we're going to tell you about us today a little bit as well. Um, an affinity itself is to have an attraction, liking, force, feeling or kinship or relationship 
with another. So Jesus Christ had affinity for us, right? I mean, he died for all of us, of all nations, of all kindreds, of all tongues. He died for us. So he had affinity to do that. And that's where uh, the name affinity uh, really came from. And so, you know, one of our mission, it says, to use today's technology to deliver the message of salvation through Jesus Christ, to inform, inform the world about the mark of the beast, prophecy, current events that pertain to such things, to do whatever it takes to get people saved, baptized, in an awesome relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, to treat others as Jesus would have, using the Bible as guidance, to show others that Christianity is not religious, it's not prejudiced, it's not judgmental or boring. Christianity is loving God, loving others, not their sin, for all nations, of all people, forgiving, giving, and helping those in need. And, um, and it's fun as very well as rewarding, uh, which we touch on many times. But our vision overall, right, is to spread the word of salvation through Jesus Christ through the entire world. And we're able to do that. We have people already in Australia that have our app, and in Africa that have our app, and that's just pretty cool to, to, you know, your leather sandals don't have to get worn out getting there. You can get it in front of them today. Um, uh, to be the most desired and trusted resource for Christians throughout the world. And that's our goal, to stay biblically correct. Uh, to be God's best tool in his toolbox. Each one of us have gifts, uh, really, to be able to teach and learn and lead people to Christ. So we want to be a great tool for the Lord. Um, and ultimately, in doing so, as it says in Matthew 25, 21 through 23, we want to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's just it. I mean, we don't want to hear, you know, cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to be on that end of things. So that's all about affinity. So if you've ever said, you know, I get to church, I'm not sure what this, this church is saying or that church is saying. Well, how many times have you read your Bible, really, at the end of the day? You shouldn't really have a question about what they're preaching if you knew your Bible. So I'm encouraging you to, to read your Bible. Now, quick introduction on myself. Um, and again, you can read that in the app as well. Uh, my name is Jonathan Clarkwise, uh, and was raised Christian. Okay. So yes, uh, if you will, I had the silver spoon of Christianity in my mouth my whole life. Um, so I don't have a story of where I was a lost person and found the Lord, but I can tell you that, you know, along the way in life, um, the things I've learned are taken upon myself because I went to the schools and I went to private schools and I went to public schools. I went to public colleges. I've had the influence of the world around me. But as an adult, I took it upon myself really to study the Bible, um, to to learn it more. And, and, and I already knew, you know, where my beliefs were. I believed in it anyways. But the thing is, I was like anybody else. I went to church, you know, in, in, in school and you know, they tell me what the Bible says. And I'm like, OK, yeah, yeah, OK, that's what it says. I can tell you what, as an adult, I mean, if I knew now, right, if I knew then what I knew now, I would have been able to, to stop my teachers in their tracks. Hmm. And that, that aggravates me a little bit because and, and t teachers and pastors alike, because unfortunately, the world in our world, if you notice, everyone is taught how to test well. At the end of the day, they're just taught to pass a test. So let's regurgitate the exact information we want, pass the test, and you're good to go. It's no different, in, in, in my opinion, in, in colleges, whether they're Christian or non-Christian, that's what they're being taught. So, now, for instance, I have a master's degree okay, mm -hmm. in business administration. Um, the reality is, did they make me a master of nothing, right? right? It's, it's, it's expensive toilet paper is what they sent home for me. Can I um, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, I asked, I asked them, like, you know, why do they call this a master's degree when no one comes out being a master? 
like all, all we did was get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it's useless. So now reading reading my Bible in in this duration, if you will, to to in a short period of time, really, it doesn't take years of reading the Bible to become great in understanding it. It really takes a short period of time, and James is testament to that. But in learning that as an adult now, I go back and I look at it and I say, wow, how how misled was I? Because I didn't know my own scripture. And now that I know the Bible, well, I can sit down with, with anyone who's, who's been in the Bible for a long time, and we can study well. So before that, though, I was in construction. I, I spent 20 years in construction at a, a concrete masonry company. Um, and I had about 50 employees when we closed our company in 2008, like happened to many companies. Uh, you know, I had, we had about a half a million in six months, became uncollectible. And that's unfortunate. Uh, it was a money freeze. So uh, everything that my wife and I that we built from the time we were literally 18 years old uh, uh, ended up uh, really going to the wayside. It felt like it was the end of the, the world, really, is what it felt like. And it was actually the beginning of the transitions of bringing me to ministry. So it ended up being really the, the best thing in my life. Uh, number one, I was a workaholic. I worked seven days a week, 24-7. Um, and I was never home. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I was here in the at night to go to sleep and I left early in the morning, but, um, you know, unfortunately I was not growing spiritually at that time. I kept thinking, well, I'm going to build this company to a certain size and then I'll be able to step back, you know, and I'll be able to do more for the Lord. That never then. happens. Though. And it never happens. The bigger you build, the more of your life it sucks out of you, uh, because you're, you're responsible for more. And even when you hire other people, you're still responsible for what they're doing. And, you know, a bad day on the job site can cost you a fortune. So it's important that everything runs, you know, smooth. But, um, you know, that part of that part of that change in my life brought me to I remember telling the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I just want to make money with my laptop and a pen. And I want to be in a licensed profession. And, and I don't I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be rich anymore. I don't, I don't care about that. I'm not focused on money. I want to be satisfied and I don't want to be burnt out. I want to be a you know, good husband and father. I want to be home more. And so that's really what the transition began. Now, I was going to go to law school, right? I'd taken my LSAT and, you know, I applied for the dual degree program at Cleveland State, this and that, thinking, yeah, I'm going to help other contractors go after money. You know, when they're being screwed, I'm going to help them. And that's not what the Lord wanted for me. And, and so as I'm in literally late in life, right, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, I get called in really into insurance, if you will. I got approached several times. I entered the insurance industry. So now here I am, licensed with a laptop and a pen making my money, oddly enough, and a plan that wasn't mine. And, uh, and although insurance is very important, it's not like it's overly fulfilling you know, to you as a human being. It's great to help people when they want to know. But let me tell you what insurance did for me. Two things. When you start out insurance, you're building your book, you're not making hardly anything. And so now for the first time, humbly, I was making the least amount of money I had made since I was probably 15 years old. And I remember sitting there and I said, Lord, I don't know what you're trying to teach me. I'll tell you what, at this point, I'd rather just be in ministry. I could be poor in ministry and be satisfied doing so. So, you know, Lord, this is, I, I, I think I'm starting to get the picture here. And, uh, and on top of that, what insurance really taught me was that I was going to talk to a lot of people and I needed to deal with rejection. And in fact, uh, the other day I was out uh, with the, the Gideons and, and we're giving Bibles out at a fair and talking to people and you're going to get a lot of rejection. You get a lot of acceptance also. But I'm telling them, I said, you see how the people react sometimes to Bibles, right? Or don't they don't want to look at you, don't want to talk to you. 
Trust me, you could take the Bibles off here and put like insurance on here and they will treat you the same way. Identically, you know, they don't want to talk to you and you got to be creative to get them to stop and chat. So for whatever reason, right, you're just trying to you're trying to just help. Um, but that's what it taught me. And and ultimately, it also gave me some leisure to be able to start the ministry. And uh, and I remember asking the Lord, I'm like, Lord, I don't know how you want me to start this. I don't know. What you want? I don't see myself as this Sunday preacher guy. Like you know, I, I got, got a good message, but I don't. What do you want me to do? And then the Lord just spoke to my heart, and He said, "You've had your own business your whole life. You've always been an entrepreneur. You've always worked for yourself. You're working for me now, but I want you to get Jesus out there. I want you to sell Jesus to the world. Like, what would you do? It's no different." And I remember thinking right then, I'm like, "Well, I would have an app because." Jesus, Boom. Jesus walked everywhere or, or took a boat over to here, whatever, but he, he walked everywhere to try to reach people. And right away I thought, well, I need an app because if Jesus were here today, he'd love to have an app to be able to reach the entire world. And not to mention people who download it. If he wants to send a message to the app, he can communicate at any point. I said, I'm going to do an app. And that started the affinity portion. And it's, it's grown from there where, where, where it's been a very organically growing piece. Um, and it's all starting to really come together. And that's awesome. Um, so that's how affinity came to be. And I want to tell you a couple of my quick God stories though, um, that are amazing. So again, I don't have the, you know, where I was lost and found sort of story for you, but let me tell you, the Lord has had his hand in my life my whole life. When I was 12 years old, I should have died. Definitely. I was hit head on with a dirt bike, full speed, uh, and and the the gentleman was only it was 21, I was 12. He lost control of his dirt bike, and I was on a three wheeler, and he hit me head on. And so, you know, uh, growing up on a farm, uh, most people on a farm don't wear helmets. I never do, never did. And uh, but anyways, he hit me head on, and so his bike, his dirt bike, hit me in my face and my chest straight on, probably at about 50 miles an hour, and. Um, it destroyed my three wheeler, ripped all the handlebars off. It even bent the back axle in horseshoe shape somehow. But um, it picked me clean right off the three wheeler. The gentleman had a gash in his leg and uh, he, he was alert and I was out cold. And he was trying to get me to wake up and, you know, for the better part of 20 minutes and I'm not responsive. So he's thinking I'm dead. He crawls back through what's probably a mile of fields to get back to help and ultimately grabs one of the other, you know, young early twenties guys who comes out in a mini bike. And at this point I can tell you, I don't know what's going on. I remember the brightest light you could imagine to the point where I could not see anything else other than it was just bright white. And I could feel like I was walking around. Right. But I just didn't know where I was. I didn't know anything was going on. I just remember just kind of being awe, if you will. Next thing you know, I'm almost home. Like it was just bizarre. I'm on the back of this mini bike, my head bobbling around and we get back and right away, my parents, you know, I must've looked pretty rough in the front there. They right, right into the car, straight to the emergency room, full body, brain scans, cat scans. I was fine. Not, not, wow. not nothing That's wrong. Crazy. Right? I never knew that story. Yeah. And, and I got a calcium deposit on my chest right here from where the, the plate on the dirt bike and the forks hit me in my chest still uh, from that, but nothing broken. Not, you know, everything was fine. So that was the first time God spared my life. Um, also had a, a golf accident that spared my vision. I took a golf ball straight off a driver into my eye socket. Uh, now, normally your eye. Wait, would, look I, at me. You got it. Is that a golf ball or is that? No, sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> no, it's crooked. <laughs> Help me. Um, 
it, it, it normally in that situation, it would rupture your eye, your, your globe of your eye and it would ooze out of your head. Um, it did fracture, fracture the floor underneath my eyeball inside. That's how hard it hit my face, but it hit perfectly, you know, my eyebrow and my cheekbone in there. And we go to the emergency room and I can tell you, you ever want to see, see him, you know, a golf ball can take a grown man and put him on his back when you take it square in the eyeball and it's lights out. I mean, I wasn't knocked out, but I could not open either eye. They were shut so hard. You couldn't open it with your fingers um, because of just the pain. And, uh, you know, it took a while to finally get a little peek, which then it looked like a giant blood clot. And off to the hospital we go. We're, we're in the emergency room. The doctors are trying to see, you know, hey, can I see? You know, uh, uh, you know, can you see how many fingers, how many fingers? I said, Doc, I can't even see that there's light in this room. Like, oh, it's man, pitch black. Bad. So there was nothing I could see. So he's trying to be encouraging. Meanwhile, I had no idea. He's telling my wife, I'll never see out of that eye again. That's it. He's like, nope, blind. He's like, done. He's lucky it's in his face. You know, he can wear a patch if he wants or, you know, glasses, whatever. But th this is not going to come back. And I can tell you, it was hard for me to deal with that. And we go over the time frame. And within a couple of weeks now, mind you, I'm a, I was a stonemason, bricklayer by trade and a, and a concrete finisher, and I need my eyes to work. And, and you know, I'm trying to run my crew still. Uh, driving with a patch in my eye was just bizarre to get used to, readjusting depth. But I'll tell you what, in a couple of weeks, I started to get a little bit of light in the eye. And it was just amazing. I'm like, I see light. I see light. You know, and it began to come back and back. Now, I had 2013 vision before the accident, which is better than 2020. I had really good vision. I have 2020 vision now and and still to this day and I can tell you I can see wonderfully and there's a minor distortion in my pupil itself where it's a little bit out around and so early on it was like a little bit of a pop bottle effect when you would look through on things a little bit like on signs for the most part my brain is adjusted for that everything's great I can see well so that was a another god miracle in my life um that he just took care of immediately but the best one yeah, this save, story is great. Save, 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 yeah. save the best for last, right? So when Mason was just a baby boy, uh, we've got pictures of, you know, me uh, taking him on my crotch rocket. I had a CBR 1000. Uh, my wife had a CBR 600. And, um, but, uh, you know, the kids used to love it, you know. And uh, one night, um, I'm waiting. My, my wife is at a, a wedding rehearsal. And uh, I went to my buddy Rich's house and, uh, you know, I told her, I said, just give me a call when you guys are done. I'll meet up with you. It's like, okay, great. So I'm out in uh, route 254 out there by six, um, uh, by Lorraine County community college. And my wife calls. She's like, all right, we're done. Come on down. Now, let me tell you something before I left that night here, here's how the Lord works on things. Right. Again, I'll tell you, I'm a guy who never wore a helmet. doesn't matter if I was doing hundreds of miles an hour. It doesn't matter. I just didn't wear helmets and, uh, didn't wear protective gear nothing like that. Um, that night, it was going to be a little bit chilly out. And mind you, all I have is jeans on. I have a soccer jacket on and a T-shirt on underneath. And I thought, well, I might get a little chilly. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take my helmet. It's brand new, never been worn. I literally lock it to the bike so it's on the back of the bike. And I rode out to his house with no helmet on. I get there. We're hanging. Wife calls. Okay, I'm going to leave. I left his house with no helmet on. And I'm cruising. I get to the top of the highway. And right at the ramp at 254 there, heading, going east. And I stop because I start to shiver because it's a little bit chilly out. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to put my helmet on. You know, that'll at least warm me up. Drop my helmet on, lock it on. I'm like, all right. Now, I like the speed. Um, it's enjoyable to me. Um, 
And, and it is what it is. Why I don't have a motorcycle today. Cause if it, if it can go 200, I'm going 200. Um, so I, a top of the ramp helmet strapped on. Now, mind you, it's dark and out there highways are not lit up real well. Uh, it is what it is. So, but it's fairly empty though, too. Two lanes wide. I start heading east and my goal is to bury it, you know, as fast as that bike will go from going from there to Lakewood. Now, for most people, that might be a 25-minute drive. I'm thinking I can make it there in less than three minutes or so. Oh, and man. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm keep it pegged, you know. So I'm going, I'm going. And mind you, I rode like that all the time. So, you know, nothing new. As I'm going down and I'm coming along, I see two vehicles ahead of me. One's a semi, one's a car. They're in the right lane. And uh, the car was in front of the semi. So I'm coming up behind the semi, and I, and I swing out. You know, just to go around them. No big deal. Done this before. And you always get a draft from the semi, you know, used to that. This one was different, way different. What was about to happen was, is it felt like somebody literally took my bike and went, that was it. I had, could not pull it back. I had no, caught the edge of the pavement. And in that moment, in that moment, you know, I'm hitting a little bit of gravel. I realized I just messed up. And I can tell you when I talk about your life flashing before your eyes, Right then and there, it was like in milliseconds. These are milliseconds, but yet it feels like very long moments for myself. I thought, I just killed myself. Like, I'm going to die right here. And I remember thinking like, no, 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 wait, I'm not ready. Like, uh, there's too much going on. I got, I, got, I got kids. I got, Like, I'm not ready to die. I remember thinking that in that moment. And then on top of that, I thought, how can I not die, right? And so, so I'm thinking like, all right. Keep the bike up as long as you can. I'm off the throttle. Keep the bike up. Don't squeeze the brakes. Just let it roll down. And, you know, and there I am right in that moment. And then I realized, like, it doesn't matter what's about, it's about to happen, you know. And I, and I had my shortest prayer I've ever prayed in my life. And, and, you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, right, with, utter, with groanings that cannot be uttered. And it's praise because we know not what we ought to pray. Well, in that moment, all I said was, oh, God, and trust me, if I had the time to get out a full prayer, I'd have been praying all kinds of good stuff right then and there. But it was just, oh, God, I called upon his name. Now, in the next very second, uh, it was intense screaming because that bike went down. I went down hard. And I could tell you it felt like there was 10 dudes with baseball bats beating me as hard as they could and nonstop. And I remember screaming so loud inside my helmet. And I'm not a person to, to scream like that or I couldn't believe it. And I actually heard myself screaming so loud. I thought, I'm screaming like a cheerleader right now. I can't believe I'm hearing myself scream like this. And it was, it was just extremely painful. And I remember thinking, I just, I'm going to tighten up, tighten up, just tighten up, Jonathan, ride this out. And I remember pulling my arms in close and just this peace at this point. This piece hits me, and I'm along for the ride. Now, I'm not knocked out. I'm completely awake, but it is pitch black, so I can't see what direction I'm going. When I stop, my feet are facing the direction I was going, and uh, my, my, my pants are gone. Um, my jacket is, in, is completely intact. I have a scuff on my elbow. I still have the jacket today. I use it as part of my testimony. But... Uh, I find 
part of my keys, I, you know, back in the day, it was pager days, right? My pager made a little gash in my leg, you know, find my pager, I find my wallet, I find half of my keys. And a moment later, I find the rest of my keys in the, in the motorcycle. But the first thing I did when my feet were facing where I was going, I sat, I, I like looked at my hands, right? I'm thinking like, something's got to be missing wrong. Something <laughs> one, I got hands, two. fingers, and I'm like, Oh, and what am I doing right now? I'm praising God. Thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I'm like, I look down at my feet. They're facing the right direction. I'm like, thank God. Thank God. You know, I'm so excited that I'm okay. And I'm like, I stood up. I'm like, I'm totally, I'm totally fine. <laughs> and you know how fast I was going? I was going 160 miles an hour. Oh, man. Okay. 160. And, and that was it. And I hit hard. And I'm thinking like, there's no way I should have survived this. None whatsoever. And mind you, I'm finding all my stuff right here and I'm walking around. And my next question of any guy that's ever wrecked his motorcycle, what are, what are we thinking? Is my bike okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and let me let me tell you something. I was I was really hoping my bike was okay. I'm like, maybe, maybe it's it's just, you know, not too bad. Yeah, and I can in the dark I could see smoke coming up. Now, here's another blessing, right? Smoke is a good sign, right? <laughs> yeah. Means it's there. <laughs> uh so so here I am. I am, mind you, by the way, I am uh, arm's reach from the guardrail. So if I had been over just two feet over, that guardrail would have ripped me to shreds, okay? Secondly, if I had been two feet over, my motorcycle would have impaled me and crushed me. My motorcycle hit the front of the guardrail, flipped up into the air, landed nose down right on the forks right next to me, like where it would have been on my chest. And I mean, it bent the top of that guardrail down, you know, and guardrails are tough. Anyone who knows they're, they're tough. And it snapped the front tire off right there and it was laying next to me. So I had my wow. hand on my tire and right there, there. So literally another sign from God, like, Hey, <laughs> that would have ended you right there. Cause at that time, you know, CPR 1000, like 900 pound bike. So 900 pounds going up in the air, coming down and landing on your chest, uh, like that enough to snap the forks on a bike. You're, you're dead. Um, so the bike bounced on the other side was another blessing because it could have bounced and landed on top of me. So <laughs> ultimately, uh, the truck driver pulls over uh, in the car, person in the car. But there are a football field up, pulled over. Now, mind you, you know, adrenaline's pumping. And I'm trying to communicate to them like, hey, hey, I can't, I can't even speak. You know, it's not, it's not coming out. So I realized I'm going to have to walk up to these guys. Now, this highway is, is fairly dead in, in, the, in the night. So here these guys are standing in the highway. And they're standing there. They got their, their hands looking, and they're just looking. And I'm walking towards them. I got my helmet off, and I realized, oh, my wrist hurts a little bit. So I had a fractured wrist. Nothing bad. Fractured wrist, and I had a fractured ankle. Um, again, these are just hairline fractures. So I'm walking. I can feel my ankle a little bit. I'm like, ooh, okay. Twisted the ankle a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm good, you know. Twisted the ankle. That sounds yeah. like you want to go on a hike, <laughs> let alone crash at 160 miles per hour. Right, right. You know, I'm just glad it's still on me. Uh, so I, I'm walking up to these guys. And finally, I'm like, I need a ride to Lakewood. Like, my wife is there. I need to get to her. I need to get to the hospital. I don't have, I'm a young kid. I don't have medical insurance. I don't need an expensive ambulance ride to go to the same place anyway. So I just need to get to my wife. She's, she's waiting on me. These guys didn't say a peep. They didn't move their jaw other than their mouths just being open. They're in awe right now. And I literally, I'm like, Hey, Hey, I need a ride to Lakewood. Can one of you guys give me a ride to Lakewood? And, and, and the truck driver just looks at me and he said, you're dead. 
He's like, you died. He's like, I watched you die. He's like, there is no way, no way you're alive. He's like, if you would have seen what we just saw happen to you and where your body was, you're dead. And I'm like, well, I stand before you. I'm here, brother. I'm real. You know, uh, yes, I am. And I, and I, and I need to, you know, I just said, dude, I don't know if I'm bleeding inside. I need to get to the hospital. So the guy in the car says, I'll take you there. Uh, moments later, a guy in a uh, tow truck pulls up and says, I'll take you. Let me see if I can get your bike for you. I'm like, okay, you know, here I am. I think I could be bleeding. I'm still worried about the bike. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it turns out, uh, you know, uh, the bike was just in it literally in, in so many pieces. The you know, front forks are gone. The gas tank's gone. I mean, it's, it's a hunk. He can't do anything with it himself. He's like, you need a box. And that's oh, about it. A geez. box and a pickup truck. And that's it. So, uh, I end up at the sheriff's station. The sheriff wanted to come out and he's trying to give me a sobriety test. I'm like, dude, I am not drunk. I'm not drinking. I'm sober as a fiddle. Uh, you know, he made me do ABCs backwards. I've never done that before. I can tell you, I did it lightning fast, right? Uh, and which surprised myself. Uh, ultimately my wife came and picked me up there. Uh, you know, he, he writes me a citation for loss of control or whatever, you know, spend the whole night in the hospital and I'm healthy and I'm fine. Uh, again, no, no, nothing else. That was it. Um, other than those two fractures, uh, that was it. Everything was healthy and good. And I thank the Lord for that. And the next day, you know, the, that same sheriff who was being kind of pricky, um, you know, you got to come and clean this stuff up out here. You know, my bike, as far as, you know, it looks like a over a quarter mile of parts down the road. And so we cleaned it all up the next morning. I never went to sleep and I'm out there on my crutches, but God spared my life then. So, you know, when I look at miracles, miracles happen, they, they happen and you call upon the Lord and he will answer and your prayer doesn't have to be perfect or fancy. And that's what he'll do and spare you. So here I am today. I'm, uh, it's time for me to pay back. I will repay. I promise the Lord, you know, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done worrying about the, the secular life secular world achievement, you know, coming from all these things that mean nothing because I've been in those situations where I built my company up and to see money just, just step away. People just don't pay you and there's no jail time. They can rob you and you do that. And I realized I was putting my rewards and my, my treasures in the wrong place. I was always for the best cause because as you know, uh, those of you will find out, right? I have my son Mason and my son Stone because I was a stonemason by trade. And the goal was one day, obviously with those names, was to pass the company to them and teach them the skill set and have them manage. And that's where my focus was. It wasn't a bad focus. The problem really was, though, where was God going to fit into all this? Was I going to wait till I accidentally died? And then it's too late and I didn't share the word with, with anyone? So that's my God story. Uh, that's my testimony. Um, at the end of the day, I'm not here to ever mislead anyone. I just want to bring you back to your scripture and make you whole and pull that joy in your heart from understanding that the truth of the scripture. And we're going to do that. And you tune in and you'll like it. And we're going to have some interactive things coming here very soon. Uh, some Patreon accounts and different things where we can have uh, interaction with live streaming and live questions coming from listeners. It's real important to be able to answer people's questions. Um, that's, that's what really draws them closer to God at the end of the day. But um, Mason, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? And I'm sorry for those of you who are watching and listening. Yes, it's this is kind of a straightforward, quiet podcast, if you will. It's our intros. Our next podcast and stuff are very interactive. Uh, you know, we'll have some topics to go on and you'll enjoy them. But Mason, go ahead and uh, give an introduction, uh, you know, and tell us about yourself. 